Welcome to Riverdale. Alright y'all, welcome back for the latest installment of Welcome to Riverdale. This is the Carefree Black Nerds review over Archie Comics and CW's hit television series, Riverdale. This is a lot of shit. Chapter 52, this is Season 3, Episode 17, The Master. Now, I'm going to say up front, I don't know what the fuck is going on. I don't know what, like how many episodes are even in this season and that's a bit frustrating for me because i've been googling my ass off and i have yet to find how many episodes uh that's important because we are on episode 17 i know it's normally about 22 i'm assuming we're probably going up to 22 but this is the thing that's pissing me off right at the top of the show so i just finished live tweeting i just finished watching this episode live why in the hell are we do we have another hiatus? We have two whole goddamn weeks before this show comes back on April 17th. Now, my frustration stems from I'm trying to finish out this season. With for, with Luke Perry's passing, I, want, I don't want to give the show too much, but maybe that's a part of it. But for all of the friggin' hiatuses we've been on with CW shows this whole like season I don't give a damn like they didn't even give a reason for being gone for two weeks and it's frustrating because I just want to finish this season out like I could easily hang up the towel and be done with this episode but I'm trying to stay true to what I said in prior episodes before that I want to finish out this season but this is not easy uh, so that's that right at the top of the show we're gonna have another two week hiatus but whatever so a lot of shit happens episode well chapter 52 the master ah bro this is some shit um because i know i didn't say it at the top of the show i am rain Coleman, your host i am the carefree black nerd the carest of the freest of the blackest of the nerds <laughs> and uh when you're listening to this episode or when you're watching riverdale live use that hashtag wtr pod join the conversation tweet with me let me know you're out there let me know you're listening let me know you give a damn let me know <laughs> you're trying to have this conversation with me also please 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 all you guys out there and listener land uh, review go to apple Podcasts. give me those five stars let me know what you think about the show what you think about my programming uh, if you're a fan what are you a fan of and uh keep it going in there if you'd like to reach me off of social media carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com or on social media carefree blurred or all other social medias uh, carefree blurred on twitter <laughs> all other social medias carefree black nerd all right diving into this episode Betty enlists Cheryl to infiltrate the farm. Archie and Veronica help an ally from his past. Jughead bumps heads with Gladys. And Hiram breaks some surprising news. Going through these storylines, I'll tell you this much. It was a very Riverdale episode. Very true to what Riverdale is. Uh, But (laughs) y'all know how I feel. Uh, The treatment of people of color and marginalized people is not always good on this show. Let's start with Hiram breaking some news and Veronica 
kind of adjacent news. Now, throughout this entire freaking episode and last episode as well, Veronica has had like a nervous breakdown talking about family is forever and we got to be a family. This is so freaking odd to me. It's odd to me because Veronica spends the entire time trying her best to get her parents back together. She goes through some extreme measures, which I'll discuss in a minute. But all in all, it feels very against her character, against all the shit she's been through and all the stuff that her parents have been through. Um, I don't know. It feels as if maybe there's some different or new blood in the writer's room for the last like two or three episodes, maybe two episodes. Uh, and I don't know. It, it, it feels like they're trying to kind of grab hold of the show, tie up some loose ends and make it be something else or make it be a bit more kind of grounded in what these people were either originally supposed to be like or what the show sees them as being now. Um, I don't have any peaks behind the curtain, so I don't know if any of that is exactly the case, but it feels that way. Um, Veronica's obsession with family and family being forever and this and that seems weird because it, now if this had been Veronica from season one, sure. But for all the shit that you've done to your own parents and that they've done to each other and they've done to you, you know that these two people hate each other. Why in the hell are you going, you know, leaping tall builders in a single bound just to make sure that they stay together? So weird. Well, another odd thing because I'm not into mob culture, so I don't know how true this is. But Hermione is frustrated because without being married to Hiram, she doesn't have any protection. And she's done dealings that other people would kill her for when they know she's not being protected. And I'm thinking, doesn't Hermione have connections of her own? Why do we keep defaulting to this? desperate housewife this damsel in distress why does she need to be under the protection of Hiram like one you're the mayor two you've rose the ranks to get to mayor from humble beginnings you've made your own connections you've done dirty deeds throughout every single season you've done things that I feel like would make her capable enough to take care of herself like why and then another thing is it's never been established that she's under the protection of Hiram before. So this, to me, seems like convenient writing. Uh, as my co-host on Black Lightning Matter, Cole Jackson, uh, at ColeJackson12 on Twitter says, this CW stands for convenient writing. Why in the hell is she so helpless? It's just so weird. Like, you haven't, you haven't laid the groundwork to make something like this feel like there are stakes. Uh, because if you if the show had of oh, this is why I say I feel like they don't know what the hell they're doing half the time, or there's maybe one team on two episodes and then another team on two episodes and another team on the next because they don't know what the hell is going on. It would make more sense to me if you're going to get to this point to lay Easter eggs throughout even just this season. I'll give you this season. It have to be all of them that Hermione needs the protection of Hiram. Show us her falling out with other connections, falling out with Gladys and the drug thing. Her becoming mayor has people shook because they don't think that she's going to be, you know, faithful to the mob cause or whatever. So that and, and put play up her Hermione Hiram's importance so that when this does happen, we feel as an audience like, damn, OK, they're split. What the hell is she going to do? It's so weird. It's so weird. It's so weird. Um, so there comes a point where. Veronica's yelling at her parents like, okay guys, I have a suggestion. Could you go to marriage counseling and such and such? And they're pretty much like, no, motherfucker, this ain't it. 
This ain't it, Chief. So, Veronica... Okay, Veronica leaves, and I'm just going to spoil this. She leaves fish heads or fish on her mother's desk, and her mother is panicking. And so, Veronica goes to her dad and is like, you know, the mob left these fish heads on her desk. And, you know, she needs your protection and this and that for, at the very least, don't do things without her. So, people would think that y'all aren't together, which is very odd. Just because a couple is married doesn't mean they have to be everywhere together. So, him cutting the ribbon of this prison though it is a bit odd because she's the mayor and they're married her not being there wouldn't be that big of a deal this is his prison i don't know maybe i'm just no i'm not gonna make excuses this is weird this is fucking weird just because somebody's married don't mean they have to do everything together um, so then Hiram sits down with Veronica and this is towards the end of the episode. He's like, you know what? I knew you put those fish on your mom's desk and this and that. And she's like, I just want you to be together. Now this conversation happens right after a Pope. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, whatever the priest, Catholic priest walks out of Hiram's office while she Veronica's walking in and she's like oh what is he doing here well his big secret is or big reveal is that hey me and your mom our marriage is annulled and she's like oh my god that's not what I wanted and he says well you know this way people won't know that she's not under my protection that we're not together it's like we were never married and I'm not a child of divorce so I don't know how that must feel I can empathize and I can assume and imagine but for any other person, yeah, I could see this reaction. Oh, my parents are getting divorced. But for this particular family, what the fuck does it matter? Well, you you guys are Catholic, and this means that marriage is forever, and divorce is not seen under the eyes of God. And it's, it's like, what? Even this reliance on religion and God seems so out of place for them. This episode, I think Hermione was upset, and she spoke Spanish once, like angrily on the phone. I'm just like... You guys have dropped the ball to now bring up this Catholicism and this heavy religious overtones as if this is what they've been doing all this time. It's like you pull it out when it's convenient. Why are they not speaking in Spanish more consistently to kind of reinforce that this is something that's important to us? Um, it To have her speak a line or two because she's angry seems weird this seems like a weird choice when you have bilingual characters on the show i just i don't know like ugh, i don't know veronica seems to be well i'm not gonna go down that road but um i just found it odd that she was so upset and heartbroken behind this and yeah, what all the sh i mean y'all know hell you've seen the seasons if, if you've never even watched riverdale you've listened to this show, Welcome to Riverdale, and my issues and concerns with the way that the show has handled a lot of people. And it's just like, man, this is silly, Veronica. This ain't even on brand for you. Get over it. So who knows what's going to happen going forward? I don't know. I At this point, I don't even care. I think it's silly. I think they need to stop her having this temper tantrum. Talking about, oh, I gave up everything. I gave up Archie for you. You tried to kill him, and that's water under the bridge now? Well, yeah, because they've made up, and he gave Archie a gem. Like, there's no them going back and forth that they're done that's good they're done Whew. okay <laughs> so now let's go to jughead and gladys this is some bullshit well this kind of ties into archie and his ally friend or whatever so pretty much what's going on is that hiram has opened the prison finally 
after 18 seasons. This prison will be populated with prisoners. Some of these prisoners are going to be the kids from the old juvenile facility slash prison, kid prison from before. <sighs> the show opens and we're in Archie's kitchen, which makes me so sad. I've said this on Twitter uh, that I, every time I see the Andrews kitchen, it makes me choke up. You know, because I'm like, ah, will Fred show up? Will this be the last time we see him? Uh, Fred doesn't appear in this episode, so whatever. So. Jughead and Archie are talking. He gets a call from Mad Dog. Why does Mad Dog have this man's number? Why? Just the show. Like, I was excited when I saw the trailer. I was like, okay, Mad Dog is back. But this show just doesn't know how to write black people. We have Weatherby, who's barely in the show. We have Pops, who's a glorified chaperone or cover operation for the Bwanawi, which is trash. We have Josie's father, who appeared for, I don't know, two scenes two seasons ago and that was it we have sierra uh ex-mayor mccoy now attorney mccoy who was just given the short end of the stick who does not seem to matter we have the rest of the pussycats valerie and melody who don't matter at all because you've written them off behind a bullshit ass storyline where this white woman poisons josie and splits her up from her friends and then we act as if those friends never existed like they were never a part of the show which is weird as fuck then we have uh, chuck's dad he showed up what for maybe one episode and he's gone chuck who you paint as the bad guy right away now i'm okay with there being bad guys but when we take this show and we've uh, race bent all these characters and created these new storylines did we have to default to chuck being the evil bad guy when that's not who he is in the comic we have this evil black guy who's just terrorizing these you know white women who are just so pure and innocent and these young girls who don't deserve this and then you even go so far as to make him in the uh world of the show change his ways and become a better person but then you run him off by another black character because he was getting too close to a different black character like this black girl and her mom doesn't want him because he's trash away from her it's like what the fuck are you doing all that being said, then you kill off Moneta, like, there's a lot. So we get Mad Dog back, and he's back in the show because he's still in jail, y'all. He didn't help Archie out, he did all this shit. He's still in jail, and he's being transferred to the new jail that's opening from Hiram. Archie, no, oh, I'm not going to let that happen. I promise you that you are never going to step foot in this prison. So Archie goes to Veronica, and she's like, okay, well... The, damn, did she say deputy? I don't know. Some motherfucker at the top is meeting with my father and he to, about the new prison. So I'm going to get you a meeting with him. So she, under false pretenses, lets this man think he's meeting with her dad, which is odd. Because it's like, doesn't, wouldn't you have Hiram's number so that you could be like, hey, Hiram, where are we meeting? Oh, hi, we're meeting at Pops at three o'clock. And then his daughter says, hey, meet me and my dad at two o'clock at our house. Why would you not be like, Hiram, have we changed to 2 o'clock at your house? Like, it's so, it's weird. But, whatever. So, he walks into the room and Archie's sitting there. Oh, this is my ex-boyfriend, Archie, and we have a proposition for you. So, this is where I get frustrated yet again. Archie, if the safety of these guys from that youth prison, it's so important to you. Because what he says to the man was, if you don't let, if you don't release them and don't have them go to that prison... 
I'm going to go to every 24-hour news uh, station and tell them my story about the shit I went through in that prison, and I have five other people who will back me up. I'm good with that, but what I'm not good with is you've escaped. These black and brown people have served their purpose to you, and so now that's that. Where was this energy when you were released from this boxing match? Where was this energy after you were released in the subsequent episodes that followed? So you allowed Mad Dog to be captured again, whatever, because that's what the show did. And then you never gave a fuck about him again. But now that he's calling you back, now that you want to jump into action. You're talking about the Innocence Project and all this other shit. Another plot line that's been dropped, which bringing it up in this episode makes me again feel like they're trying to close up some of this bullshit and move on. But I can't move on from this because if you had all of this information at the ready... Why haven't you used it before now? I get that the show has different things that they need to do and different plots they need to handle. But if you can't multitask and use all this shit, then that's a problem. You, the show, are creating all these different plot lines and you're failing miserably at making them convincing. Then you have all these hiatuses, which is like only stretching out. I'm sure it's probably used just to make us forget a bunch of shit. But... You have all this shit ready to go, gun cocked, ready to get all this information out there. But where was this at before? Because even if, let's say, half of the not eighty percent of the kids in the kid prison need to be in there because they did something heinous, this facility is doing things that are against the law, that are putting these people in danger, that are killing people. So that usurps any of the shit that they've done because even if they have to stay in prison they need to go to somewhere that's safer they need to go to somewhere that isn't an underground fight club it's just i did not like this i know the show sets itself to be archie as the good guy and the savior but this white savior coming in and saving these kids these little boys and who look like grown men or whatever they are this is too little too late this is bull this is garbage i'm another reason why this show i just feel like is it it's incapable of making good decisions. This is a weird show. So all that happens it is successfully, which within the time of one commercial break, and we get all the boys released who are at the youth home, I guess who we give a damn about. And there's one named Baby Teeth, who was a young white guy. I didn't really get a look in his mouth. Maybe his teeth were little. I don't know if that was just a name. Very weird. So Mad Dog and Baby Teeth. Mad Dog's like, yeah, I would have called. I called my family, but nobody's been answered, so I called you, so I need this help. This is another part where I'm getting fucking frustrated. This show is the most... Uh, there can't be anyone black in the writer's room. There can't be black men in the writer's room. There just can't be. Why is Mad Dog's story that he's still in prison... After sacrificing himself for a white man, Archie, when they were in that fight club. And then even before that, he was just a person in prison who had a girl out there somewhere. Which I think they were alluded to him being like the baby's father type deal. But I'm not going to go there. Mad Dog's storyline in this episode is that Mad Dog, who is being transferred from one prison to the another, is not able to reach his family, his grandmother and his little brother. They are at a crack house. A crack facility, a crack apartment complex that's horribly kept and the gargoyles have run it over. Where the fuck is this? Is this really Riverdale? This is not the Riverdale that we were presented with before. I understand expanding the universe and making things work and adding on, but this doesn't work. 
this does not work at all. It especially doesn't work when the black character you have has this stereotypical ass storyline that just should not be. Why, pray tell, does the black boy who is the magical Negro, the wise guy who's helping this, you know, white passing character, then when he gets his own storyline, it's centered around prison, around him being a criminal, albeit uh, deserve it or not, being punished, about him having this horrible ass home. It's just like the show is tone deaf to me. Um, so then when Archie and the gang get together, which is Archie and the kids that he um, saved from going to prison where they're now staying at his gym facility, which is, again, why does he own this facility? What the hell? Like, again, the show, how old do you want these people to be? Are they 16 or are they 36? How old are these kids? Why does he run this facility? Why is he doing it on his own? Why does he have access to this? And then you bring it in kids. Now you have Archie's home for wayward boys. What is this? Additionally, we get Archie and the new crew going to the crack house, which is what part of Riverdale is this on? Is this on the south side, east, west side? It's just it's just a facility here. We never see uh, Mad Dog's grandmother and brother. We only see these gargoyle kids walking around, which another thing. Why are we still on this storyline? This shit is tired. Like, as much... As frustrated as I get with this show, this is the one thing that's annoying as hell. Why are we keep revisiting this? It's like, what is it like? It's something that should be gone because it doesn't feel like they have a plan for this. It feels like they brought up this game. You had the Midnight Club. You had a good thing going. And now it's just like, let's drag this out. Let's keep revisiting this. Let's keep going back to the gargoyles, this, the gargoyles, that. It's, it's turned into something that's just uncontrollable now. Why do we have this? Especially when the gargoyle and G&G shit was never discussed in any seasons before. This, the, the way they folded it into the lore and kind of retconned it in the show makes that terrible. Like if you just had the game and the gang in the game in this season and then took it forward... It would be okay. I think it would feel it would still be annoying, but it would feel like okay, this is the season three thing. You could even say, well, we played it as kids, do the midnight club thing, and let that be that. But the way they keep folding this in and making this be this larger than life thing that anyone can be the gargoyle king is. I mean, the costume is just some fucking tattered clothes and a skull and some twig wings. It's it's played. It's tired, and I'm I'm sick of it. And I wish they would stop. They would stop this. <laughs> Yo, like this is terrible. I'm sick of this storyline. So we get this Gargoyle King mess of a bullshit, which is uh, the Gargoyle gang held up in this place. But then it's like, where are their parents? Like, do, do you, are you going to lead me to believe that Riverdale has an overgrown population of like orphan kids and runaways? Riverdale doesn't seem to be that big. It's like the show doesn't know if it wants to be a small town or a big metropolitan city. Take your pick. You can't have an onslaught of all these young boys being gargoyles and living. Like, and then even that, okay, we're addicted to this game. This game is taking over our life. Why do we have to live in this facility or even before that live in this like shed way out in the woods and then even in the bunker like couldn't you still be addicted to this game but live at home with your parents which we've proven you can do because the main cast members who are affluent teenagers have been addicted to this game so weird 
it's like the show doesn't know what the hell it's doing. So we get the Marvel Netflix series hallway fight scene of all of the the police junior police officer serpents meets the uh, re- recently released kid prison prisoners and Archie who's playing the role of Iron Fist while Mad Dog is playing the role of uh, Luke Cage is uh, and I'll say it was a it, it was a very Riverdale show it was shot well it was you know some edits and cuts and whatever else but what happens is we find a facility we find the drugs they're making I tweeted don't bring why why do we have bats when we're going into a facility where we don't know the number of the people we're going after, we don't know the layout of the building, we don't know where any of these hiding places are, we didn't send anyone in to kind of recon and see what's going up in there. We're just going in here blindly, all through the same door. And we're bringing bats? Like, why do we not have guns? Why do we not have tathers? Why do we, why do we just have bats? So we go in, and a gargoyle... I guess is kind of the leader behind this mask shoots at Jughead and I'm clapping because I'm like yeah this motherfucker knows what's up why are you like you need I don't know this is just stupid um I don't know Archie almost gets killed Jughead catches the guy who's the head of the drugs this dude talking about he needs to ascend which that ugh, whatever and him and Jughead he he pushes Jughead backwards because he's captured and they go out of a window. This has to be at least three stories up. The guy gets up and runs away. And Jughead brushes off his pain. And he's like, yeah, go after him. Because Archie got downstairs like in 2.5 seconds. Weird as hell. Um, this is just stupid. What? There, you have no pain. You are a 16-year-old boy who fell from three stories up. Not even fell. You were pushed out and broke the landing of this other guy. You're just okay. Okay, I guess that's what we're going with. Um, so what happened was when Archie brought the prisoners to his, I don't know, gym, he introduced them to Tom, which is like, why, Tom Keller, why are you here? You glorified babysitter. Uh, Elio, the shady mob guy, whatever, he comes in. He's like, yeah, see, you got good stock here, Archie. I need some guys to fight, and I'll pay you when you guys want to make some real money. What is this? What even is this show? Why is he here? Why hasn't Elio been here before? Again, something small. If he had just showed up maybe the episode before, I'm like, oh, Archie, you got a nice gym here. Maybe I can use this to, you know, host some fights. Archie says, no, you can't do that. And he says, oh, I'm going to keep coming back until, you you know, I'm going to wear you down. You did cost me some money, so you owe me. Archie's like, oh, I don't owe you nothing. Oh, we'll see. And then have him come back again. Something that simple. It could have been a three-minute scene. Throw it in there in the last episode so this visit from Elio doesn't feel off-brand. Like, why the fuck is he even here? Like, how did he know these guys were here? He didn't say anything like, oh, Archie, you got a new gym. It was just like, oh, I see you got some nice stock in here. Where you come from? How did you know I have this gym? You don't know this. You've just dropped this man randomly into this, man. Ah, y'all already know. This is, this is stupid. So, that being said, um... We get Mad Dog talks to Archie because he gets his grandmother and his baby brother out of the drug place, which we never saw any other people who were living there. This literally looked like an abandoned building. This didn't like I'm like, y'all overselling the whole drug of it all, because why does Riverdale have a neighborhood like this at all? Riverdale should not it's it should not have a neighborhood should not have buildings like this, but 
whatever. So uh, homeboy's like, look, I talked to Elio. I have to fight for money to get uh, my my family in a house on the north side of some shit he said. Again, I'm frustrated because you have this black man who you keep fucking over his storyline. You have him show up and he's a walking stereotype. I just got out of prison and my grandmother and my brother's in a crack house and I got to fight my way out to survive because I'm not smart enough to do anything else. I just have to rely on my street smarts and my boxing because I'm a black stereotype. Also, my dad was never there and uh, my mama was hooked on drugs. It's just got six thousand baby mamas. Like It's so weird the way they're handling this character. I'm not even mad at him. It's just like, I know this show is doing you so wrong, bro. I'm sorry. I'm so happy you're getting a check. I hope you keep getting a check. But please let this open up your world to do better things. Oh, I should have got the name of the actor. I just feel like this is fucking stupid. Again, the optics. So, one thing, if I could push all that aside and not be angry about the bullshit where they've presented Mad Dog after fucking him over all this time. Another thing that's a bit frustrating is that... Archie, with his privileged ass, he says, no, you can't do this. You can't go. You can't take that from him. You can't do such and such. You're privileged. You are a uh, in a certain tax bracket. You have a beautiful big home that you stay in with your father. You have done so much bullshit over the course of these last three seasons that you have not paid consequences for. You have been able to walk in and out of doors, like Josie said, that others would have to claw their way into. You had a gym handed to you. You have a whole business. Now, you ain't running it like shit right now, but you have a whole source of income right there. You have a support system and a family behind you. You are also white passing. Well, in the show, Archie's white, but this guy is a man of color. Whatever. You have all of these things stacked to help you. And then you talk to this black man who has been through hell and back, not only for you or for himself, rather, but for you as well, who had to fight his way into a building, whoop ass of some gargoyles to get his family out into a better area. And he has to fight for Elia, which <coughs> slavery, uh, and you have the nerve to say, oh, no, you shouldn't do this. You can't do this. You're not offering any other options and you're not providing any solutions. If you really feel like this is something he shouldn't be doing, what what did you think was going to happen? Again, because when they were in the diner, Mad Dog said, well, what are you going to do with my family? They're going to move in with the gym. He said, no, you're not going to live at the gym. He didn't say. Mm, you can stay at my house. He didn't say, oh, I'm going to talk with social services. Oh, I'm going to talk with my friends. You know, we're all wealthy or at least at the very least upper middle class. And we, uh, well, sans Jughead, but now Jughead as well. I'm, we can figure something out. It was just like, oh, no, you can't do that. No, don't do that, mad dog. Do you even know this man's name? Because we sure the fuck don't. I was just like, man, this is silly as fuck, man. For, it's just... Oh, God, I'm so happy to see Mad Dog back, but just under these circumstances, like, oh, this show really knows how to fuck over a character. Oh, so let's go to uh, Betty and Cheryl. I'll make this quick. Betty, the farm has an open house. I want to see more of Edgar, um, Evelyn Edgar Never. Ever, never, whatever. I think she is so funny. She is weird as hell. She is getting under Betty's skin, which I love it. And 
clearly the show wants us to kind of hate her because she's malicious. But I'm just like, she is so cool. She is so fun. I just want to see what she's going to do going forward. So they have an open house. Benny and Veronica go. Uh, Alice comes out of the interview room or whatever. Benny's like, oh, mom, what are you doing here? She's like, oh, well, you know, enjoy your, your visit. That's all you got to say to me, mom. And her mom's like, you forsaken me. You forsook me. I don't give a damn. Do what you want to do. I, I'm gone. Which, cool. Whatever, Alice. You're weird, but kudos to you for standing up for yourself, even though you fucked over your own daughter. <sighs> Betty enlists the help of Cheryl to infiltrate the farm. Now, taking a couple steps back, during this open house tour and interview, we see that Kevin is the uh, facilitator of the, the open house meeting. Again, the show don't know what the fuck to do with Kevin. If they aren't relying on his gayness and then fucking that over, he's just a prop. What he did, anybody could have did that scene. Again, I'm happy homeboys getting the check. Kudos to you. Casey Cott, I believe his name is. But, bro, you deserve better than this you deserve more godly another thing Josie who's supposed to be Archie's girlfriend was nowhere in this episode why not it seemed like she but whatever keeping to the task at hand all this shit happens with the uh with with the, the the church farm shit which they're setting it up to be like a cult which is clear but Betty sends Cheryl in with a recording device in her brooch. She talks to Evelyn. Evelyn's like, my dad's here. She talks to dad. And the dad takes her around and talks about just some different shit. Uh, we come back. Betty's like, okay, give me more. She goes back. She being Cheryl. When she talks with um, with Edgar, she asks him questions that Betty told her to ask. Well, why... What do you do with the tapes? Why do you have them? This and that. Which was... Could you be more obvious? For all of the successful manipulation that Cheryl has exhibited in this entire show and every season, why is she so terrible at this? Like, you can't pick and choose. Be consistent or not. So, Edgar got her to talking. Talk about the loss of her brother. Talk about her wanting to pretty much... They didn't outright say it, but kill herself. Drown herself in the lake so that she can join him but then she was saved and then she uh was going a bit mad and so she burned down her childhood home so he says to her you've already been baptized and reborn in fire cool i'm okay with that i mean you fucking with season one which is a precious baby angel don't fuck with season one but whatever i'm here for it so erica's like okay all that being said, you've 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 been baptized and reborn but you still feel a little sad why she's like well i miss my brother cool i can empathize with cheryl i don't give a fuck about none of this shit though all of this does not excuse her behavior especially as it relates to people of color mainly women of color i.e josie and tony she has been trash or oh, and the pussycats she has been trash and the show is just like let me sing a little apology and let me have a little sex scene on the floor and they all as well no cheryl is horrible and the way that she's been with these black women have been horrible and i hate that but we get back to Cheryl and Betty talking and she's like, um, I'm not going to go back. No, no. She said, I'm not going to go back and spy for you. And Betty's like, okay, good. I think we should hang low for a while and then go back later before Edgar, um, realizes. She's like, oh no, motherfucker, I'm going back. I'm just not spying for you. So Betty goes into the little broom closet where they store all the tapes, takes her tapes. I mean, her mom's Polly's and Cheryl's. 
And she meets with Cheryl like, okay, Cheryl, I got the tape so you don't have to go back there anymore. He don't know your secrets, whatever. Finally, Betty meets with Edgar and he's like, uh, no, no, I'm sorry. During this same scene, Cheryl's like, no, I'm still going back. And he's like, okay, well, why? She's like, because I got to see Jason. So I was thinking in my head this whole time, they better not fucking bring Jason back. He's dead. That was the whole thing in season one. Do not fuck with season one. Well, he's back. Now, we haven't seen him with our own eyes, but what Cheryl says is, yes, I see him. I know it's weird, but I saw him. I had a conversation with him, which to me, I'm thinking... That's a good enough reason to join a cult. If you're able to see and touch and talk with your family member that's passed, that's interesting. And that's more interesting than this G&G gargoyle bullshit. So Betty meets with her mom. And she's like, Mom, I want to know, are you in the farm because you see Charlie, I think? Whatever her firstborn son. And she's like, yes. And oh my God, I want you to meet him in such and such. And I'm thinking... Alice motherfucking Cooper. I have really been on Betty's side because I think the farm is trash. And they have been doing stupid shit to Betty. But my concern is if you really motherfucking were able to speak to your dead son. That's something that you may have wanted to say to Betty. Because I think that would make her a bit more interested in joining the farm. Or at the very least figuring out what the fuck is going on. And not being so combative. Like you're keeping these secrets from her. And yes it may seem crazy. It may seem odd. It may seem weird. But if you know that you are physically touching and talking to your deceased child. Why the fuck not tell Betty. Who's the only one who's apprehensive. Additionally. Why the fuck ain't Polly said shit about this. Again. I feel like the farm was one thing. In season one. And now they're just like. Are we grabbing at straws. They didn't know what the fuck they were doing. Until we came up with this shit. And now we're running with it. And I'm okay to accept the, the, the rules of this universe. Or the things you're presenting me with. But if you've been seeing your dead son. It does not make sense that you didn't say that to Betty. It does not make sense. Because I feel like you frustrated. You want her to join. This is proof. If you like. Oh, this is dumb. So she's like. Oh, I want to meet him. Oh, who, your brother? No, Edgar Ever Never. And we end with Betty talking to Edgar and him talking about, yeah, it's been so long. I knew we were going to meet. And she's like, he's like, well, what do you want? Tell me everything. Okay. I mean, sure, whatever. This is, it wasn't a good cliffhanger. The good cliffhanger would have been if you had to stop as soon as Cheryl was like, yes. And I've talked to Jason. I've seen him and such and such. And let that be that. That would have been a better cliffhanger. <sighs> what really made this a even more terrible cliffhanger is that we got to wait another two weeks, which is pretty much three weeks. Because none next week, none the week after, and then the following week before we get some more Riverdale. Which I'm not in a rush to see it because I'm like, oh, this is so good. But we're so close to the end. Let's just finish this shit out. What are we waiting for? Now, if they're doing reshoots and editing and changing stuff because of Fred, you know, whatever. I doubt that. And even if that's not the case, why not tell us why the fuck we're waiting three goddamn weeks to see this show again? I don't know, y'all. I'm going to try to stick with it. But um, I don't know. This has been what it is. Hit me up on Twitter, Carefree Blurred. Use that hashtag WTRPod. Let me know what you're thinking. What's up? Did you like this season? Are you enjoying it? Do the hiatuses bother you? Do they not bother you? What's up? Let's talk. <laughs> um, every other social media, Carefree Black Nerd. Email me, carefreeblacknerd at gmail.com. If you have, I don't know, long form questions or 
you want to, I don't know, talk about this show <laughs> in a more lengthy format than what Twitter provides, let me know. You know, I'll read your letters on air if you'd like. Um, what else? Uh, shit, that's about it. So <laughs> look at the timeline to see what other shows I might have coming down the pipeline. Check out other series that I've got. We just wrapped up the uh, A Deadly Class Act podcast. Um Black Lightning Matters is wrapped up as well. There is an episode 16.5 in which we discussed, have a a Black Lightning Matters panel with me and my co-host Cole Jackson and then our two guest hosts. It was a really good time. Uh, We discussed a lot. We cussed a lot. (laughs) We talked some shit and all that good stuff and, you know, wrapped up about Black Lightning um, until next season. And uh, I think Riverdale was the last show I got going. I'm just waiting to finish this shit out. Um... Might take a little bit of a hiatus to kind of work on some other things and to get get back to me. No, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, let me know. Let me know what you thought about this episode. What do you think about this season so far? The hiatuses, the the characters, the writing, the cinematography, the outfits, whatever. Let's just let's wrap, y'all. Let's wrap, young kids. <laughs> and so that being said, thank you so much for listening in to this show and every other uh please rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts as well as soundcloud uh stitcher google play or google podcast rather player fm and all that good stuff um tweet me carefree blurred hashtag wtr pod uh follow me on all other social media sites at carefree black nerd and until next time stay carefree stay nerdy stay geeky and don't be a black or brown person in riverdale because it does not serve you well (laughs) All right.